the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, nothing like a fair and balanced media room. Now that Jen Psaki has officially announced that she's leaving her job as the big guy's press secretary to uh, take a job at MSNBC, the network that is employed as the big guy's press secretary, uh, we will have a new press secretary to watch not answer tough questions every day in the uh, White House media room. And if you think she's going to be fair, listen to what Corrine Jean-Pierre had to say about Fox News just a little while back. Was racist before coronavirus. They are racist during the coronavirus. Fox News will be racist after the coronavirus. So there is nothing new here. I think the difference is, is they have been, they are all in on being state TV for Donald Trump. And so they will continue to give them mis- misinformation. The danger is, so yes, you have Asian Americans right now whose lives are seriously in danger. And you have their own viewers who are, can now, the ones who are 60, 60 and older who are watching, this is a health crisis that we're in. This is a global pandemic, as yeah. the WHO has said, and they're putting their lives in danger. And so that is where we are right now is the the danger that fox news is now what they're putting out there is going to hurt people and not help them but uh she's saying that uh, did i hear that right fox news with state tv jen Psaki just left to go to msnbc anyway maybe she's gay she's black she's a woman so no need to get into the details there and in the biden administration it's all about you know checking the boxes that's all that matters Anyway, when we come back, we'll get an eyewitness account of the demonstrations in front of Justice Alito's house last night. And in our second half hour, a Pittsburgh guy who's trying to stop human trafficking around the world. Unbelievable stuff from him. Stick around. Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. I definitely uh, think it's a good product, definitely worth keeping. You know, I've had all kinds of conversations with these nutritionists. I've asked them about products like yours, and they'll say, oh, well, we don't want you to take that. We just want you to eat all these vegetables and fruit. And I said, you know, you're talking to somebody here that hates fruit, and I will tolerate some vegetables. I think it only makes sense. There's no way I could eat enough fruit and vegetables to equal what this product is providing is the way I look at it. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature right now. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com for more information or to place your order. Shipping is always free. And don't forget to get 35% off your first order as a preferred customer by using discount code BALANCE. Here's Dave White. We need less talk and more action. My father was a steam fitter. My mother, a homemaker. Their dream for me was to achieve opportunities greater than the ones they had. And like my parents and so many of you, I want to ensure that we can provide that same opportunity for all of our children. Dave White's a dedicated family man, unapologetic conservative, job-creating entrepreneur. I am not a politician. If you are looking for a candidate with decades of experience in Harrisburg or Washington, I am just not that candidate for you. If you want safer streets, if you want to lower taxes, if you want to fix our elections once and for all, if you want to put parents back in charge of our children's education, join our campaign. I will take less talk and more action to Harrisburg. Paid for by friends of Dave White. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. 
We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Of all the questions you get asked every day, this one you shouldn't ignore. How much money in your 401k or IRA is actually yours? Not what its current value is, but how much of it will end up in your pockets, not the government's. Remember, you still might owe taxes on that money, so make sure you aren't overpaying. Keep every dollar you're entitled to. Look, I know it's confusing, it's complicated, and it definitely isn't fun. That's why at the Synergy Group, we work with tax professionals to help make sure you aren't paying more in taxes than your fair share. It's your money. You deserve to know what's at stake. Call our team at the Synergy Group today for your complimentary tax analysis. 412-673-7760. Don't do the IRS any favors. 412-673-7760. Securities offered through JW Cole Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through JW Cole Advisors. JW Cole Financial and JW Cole Advisors are not affiliated with the Synergy Group Incorporated. Neither the firm nor its agents or representatives may give tax advice. This is the John Stacker Watch. On AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer. Well, pro-abortion demonstrators showed up at Justice Alito's house last night. They may or may not have been uh, breaking the law, but they showed up and made themselves heard. And uh, Justice Alito came out on his front porch and he said, Thank you all for coming. I was wrong. I've changed my mind. Don't pay attention to that silly draft thing. Never mind. Anyway, uh, actually, he didn't say any of that or show up. But uh, what was it like out there on the street? Uh, Virginia Allen is a news producer for The Daily Signal. She was there. She joins us now. Virginia, thanks for coming. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so he didn't come out on the front porch, did he? He did not. The house <laughs> was dark, from what I could tell. There were no cars in the driveway. Yeah. Uh, and we know that, uh, that the justices have been moved to an undisclosed location for their own protection. Yeah, so I'm just thinking about that. What, you know, If he would come out and say, oh, I don't know what I was thinking with that draft. You know what? Thanks for coming by. Uh, I'm gonna, Just never mind. I'll take care of it. What, what, what's, what's, <laughs> what do they think is they're going to get out of this? It's not going to change anything. Well, but Exactly. It's such a fundamental misunderstanding of the Supreme Court and what it does. You know, the court's job is to look at the Constitution and to decide what the Constitution says and what it appears that the justices have determined is that there is no constitutional right to abortion. So they're sending it back to the states to decide. The court doesn't legislate. That's the job of our senators. That's the job of our representatives. So if these protesters want to be making their voices heard, the people that they should be going to is their lawmakers, not the Supreme Court justice. Yeah. And so where does uh, Sam Alito live? Not specifically, of course, but uh, what what area of D.C. does he live in and what, what was it like there? What neighborhood? Sure, yeah. So he lives in Alexandria, Virginia. Um, from driving from Washington, D.C., it took myself and three of my colleagues about 30 minutes to get there. Um, it's a lovely neighborhood, a peaceful street, but last night was not so peaceful. There were, I would say, probably around 200 protesters met in a parking lot about half a mile away. They got kind of a brief and a rundown from the organizers of the protest on what it was going to look like. They all marched while chanting that half mile, um, stood in front of Justice Samuel Alito's home and gave about three different speeches were delivered, uh, more chanting, and then they marched back. In some ways, it was a little bit anticlimactic. Uh, but, you know, people are they're out there using their First Amendment rights to protest, uh, which I'm all for but not in a way that makes people feel unsafe or that threatens individuals. And clearly what is happening here is that these protesters, these pro-abortion protesters are trying to threaten and intimidate the justices into doing what they want them to do. And there's no world where that's okay. Yeah. um, And you say there was no sign of him or his family uh, at the house. So, 
Correct. Yeah, there there was a heavy police presence. Um, we showed up about two hours early. There was already uh, at least a dozen police officers on the street. Uh, they did a great job of making sure everything stayed safe and calm and were protecting Justices Alito's home um, and making sure that everyone that was out there stayed safe. Were these state cops? Um, they were local, I believe. Okay. Now, um, so if there's no media coverage there, uh, that's a tree falling in the forest, isn't it? I mean, if you're because you're you're demonstrating in front of a house where the person you're demonstrating for or against or whatever, you, however you want to put it, he's not there to see it. So if you don't have pictures right. of it, it didn't happen. Nobody, it didn't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, you know, it's fascinating because it seems like these protests are really gaining. Mm-hmm. So on Saturday was the first protest that we saw in front of Justice's homes. And my colleague, Doug Blair, uh, attended those protests. The first was at Chief Justice John Roberts' home and then Justice Kavanaugh's home. Um, and he and one other reporter, as far as they could tell, were the only two reporters out there covering any of this. Well, that got a lot of attention, uh, and then fast forward to Monday evening, and there was a slew of press out there trying to get interviews. Um, it was fascinating. Before the protest started, the organizers specifically mentioned several conservative outlets that no one present should speak to, including the Daily Signal. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're really trying to make sure that you know any, any uh, talking to press is only done to those who are on their side, on the side of abortion. And so, but we're continuing to see, uh, see these protests get attention. On, on Wednesday night, there's a group that's going to be marching to Amy Coney Barrett's home to protest outside her house. So they're making the rounds to all of the conservative-leaning justices' houses trying to use this tactic of intimidation. Did you feel like uh, you needed to be incognito, or was it obvious to people that you were the media when you were there? It was very obvious, I think, that that we were the media. Um, I, uh, you know, to to an extent, we try and um, be cautious about who we are telling um, the media outlet, who who we're telling we're with the Daily Signal just for our own protection. Um, You know, if anyone asks, of course, we'll tell them. But um, it did appear like there were some members of Antifa there, um, folks dressed in all black who are really trying to get the crowd riled up. Um, and so, you know, we just use wisdom and make sure that, um, you know, we're all kind of looking out for one another and always know where each other are in the crowd. But thankfully, nothing turned violent. Um, like I said, you know, it seemed like there were some folks there who appeared to be Antifa and they continually were shouting obscenities, really trying to get people going. But this was not a crowd that seemed uh, bent on violence. They wanted to protest. They certainly wanted to use a lot of profanity uh, and vulgar language and make false claims. Uh, but thankfully, they weren't violent. You say they had organized speeches. So did, did the whole thing appear like it was well organized or, uh, or did just a lot of people show up and uh, do their thing for a few minutes and get out? Yeah, so interestingly enough, this one did appear to be well-organized. Um, there's a group called Ruth Stennis that's very uh, pro-abortion. They've been organizing a lot of these. So this one, they had, you know, the roads blocked off. It was pretty well-organized. Interestingly enough, though, the one on Saturday was not the case. It was a lot more raw. That's where we saw tensions a lot higher. Um, people really getting in one another's face and shouting and um, that was a situation that was far less organized and far less under control. And where was that on Saturday? Yeah, so that was in Chevy Chase, Maryland. And that was at Chief Justice John Roberts' home and then Justice Kavanaugh's home. And uh, my colleague, Doug Blair, he noted that you know, it was fascinating to watch how the crowd changed. That at Chief Justice John Roberts' house, you know, people were kind of a little riled up and shouting, and then the mood of the whole crowd really switched when they got to Justice Kavanaugh's home. And that's when people got really heated um, and were a little bit more vulgar in what they were saying and shouting outside his house. Again, I don't think he was home. I think all of the justices for the time being have been moved to, to a secure location for their safety, for their protection. Um, we know that Congress is taking steps to give the justices more protection, more safety. 
because, um, you know, quite frankly, if I was a chief justice, I, I would be nervous to go to my house right now. Um, just yeah. the fact that, you know, their addresses are now published. They're online. People can find them. They're going to their homes. Uh, it's, it's really concerning. Yeah, we've seen uh, in the last uh, couple of years a lot of demonstrations that seem to involve two groups screaming at each other on either side of the street or just getting in each other's faces. We've all seen the videos. Was this mostly one-sided, or, or did were there, were there any pro-lifers out there um, challenging the, the, uh, the pro-abortion people or getting in their faces? So what I have seen and what my colleagues have seen in front of the justices' homes is this is all pro-abortionists. These are people who want to see um, Roe v. Wade stand. And I think the reason why we're not seeing uh, pro-lifers out there as well is sort of for two reasons. One, they recognize it's not appropriate to show up outside a justice's house. Uh, and two, their safety concerns. And these are crowds that feel very strongly. They're very set in their ways. Uh, and it, it is, I imagine, probably a, a little scary for someone on the pro-life side to think of kind of showing up and, and being that voice. But I, I will say that I was at the Supreme Court last week uh, and they are present during protests. And uh, there was a mixed crowd, but the, uh, the pro-choice, pro-abortion crowd was very loud and aggressive and um, very aggressive towards the much, much smaller pro-life group. Um, and at one point, we even watched a, a group of um, self-identified progressive pro-lifers, about 15 young people who say that they're feminists and they're very liberal. Um, some even claim to be socialists. Um, but they're pro-life, and we watch this massive crowd of literally thousands shout down this little group of maybe 15 to the point where they were pushed out, police escorted them out, and literally police surrounded them for their own safety um, because that's how hostile this crowd was to even just a small group of pro-lifers at the Supreme Court. Uh, another thing that would be interesting to me, um, would you say it was mostly women, or was there was it 50-50? Yeah, um, certainly majority women, um, but some men as well, and really all ages. I was fascinated by that at um, at Justice Samuel Alito's home. That you know there there were many young women, but there were also a lot of middle aged women and even a few middle aged men. That it really seemed to span the gamut. Um, there was you know several people that had driven quite a ways. One gentleman who'd driven from Baltimore. Um, so it, it seems like, you know, people were, people had come from some distance and it definitely spanned, uh, spanned ages, ethnicities. Uh, so fascinating to see the, the diversity of this crowd. Any favorite signs of your, that you saw that stuck out to you? <laughs> well, you know, many of the signs, I don't know that we can repeat the language that was <laughs> yeah. on those signs on the air. Uh, people are, are very, Blatant. You know, you see the bands off our bodies signs at all of these protests. Um, many of of the chants are, are very vulgar in, in what they're saying. Um, and, you know, and the bottom line is, you know, don't touch this. I, I want abortion kept legal. I want it on mm -hmm. demand. Um, that's my quote unquote right. right. And it, it's a very loud, very in your face message that we're getting from those who are who are pro-choice and they're they're not backing down and you know i think the the sad thing is it just seems like logic has gone out the window because anytime you talk about abortion you have to bring it back to that question of when does life begin right. and is a baby in the womb human and if if you can't answer that question then you need to take some time to figure that out uh, because if, if a baby in the womb is human and if you believe that murder is wrong, then it follows that abortion is murder and abortion is wrong. Uh, but we just see a, a complete, I think, lack of willingness on a part of, of these radical abortion advocates to, to be honest with themselves, to be honest about the science and to be honest about uh, the fact that life does begin at conception. Yeah, um, I'm looking here at, uh, we're talking to Virginia Allen. She's a news producer for the Daily Signal. She was there last night for the uh, demonstrations 
at uh, outside of Justice Alito's house in Alexandria, Virginia. Here on your Twitter feed at uh, Virginia underscore Allen five, uh, you have a video of a pro says pro abortion woman talking to the press, and she is saying she's pro abortion. She says, "My mother did not have a choice, so I'm here." What does that mean? Yeah. And did you hear that, or you j- or did you just put the video up? Were you actually witness to that? I was witness. I filmed that video that I put up, and just tragic. Essentially, what this woman was saying was, you know, my mother got pregnant with me before Roe v. Wade. She didn't have a, a choice. If, if Roe v. Wade was in place, I likely would have been aborted. She said, if I didn't exist, no one would have been the wiser. Uh, it's really tragic to see someone essentially saying, um, I, I should have been aborted. Yeah. And you just think, wow, what, what has this poor woman gone through in her life to say that? Um, and how, you know, how misunderstood, um, every life is sacred. Every life mm-hmm. is precious, no matter your background, your circumstances. And, uh, so really heartbreaking to, to literally watch someone say, yeah, I likely would have been aborted and I guess that would have been fine. And, and just yeah. the, the lack of hope that I think is, is really at the root of the yeah. pro-choice, pro-abortion movement. It's just tragic. It's also uh, really stupid. But, you know, that's, that's, that's that really, really stupid. Uh, did you get the impression that this was going to be a regularly scheduled event, these kinds of things? Because uh, this is all based on a draft. It's not even official yet. Well, and I think that's what everyone is bracing for, that if, if all of this is happening with just a draft, what's going to happen when the real opinion does come out? We're hopeful that that opinion is going to come out sooner than the end of June. Originally, it was thought that that uh, final opinion would come out uh, right at the end of June, probably June 30th. And now everyone's hoping that that is sped up to even be released as soon as this week or next week for the safety of the justices. Uh, because I, I don't think that we'll see a slowing down. You know, these protests, like I said, there are more happening on Wednesday night. And I think there's going to continue to be demonstrations, whether it's at the Supreme Court or justices' homes, or um, even we've seen some protests outside Catholic churches. So uh, it, it's to the benefit of everyone if this opinion can come out quickly. And then I, I do think right after the opinion comes out, we'll probably see a lot more protesting in the days that follow. But then, you know, uh, people have, have a short attention span. And uh, my guess is that pretty quickly after that final opinion comes out, and maybe a week later, things will start to die down and uh, people will stop protesting. But it's hard to say, hard to say what people will do. And you know, it only takes a few people to rile up a crowd and get people going and, and have things go south. But um, I'm hopeful that, you know, as protests continue, if people keep using their First Amendment right to protest, that things will, will remain, um, things will remain peaceful. Now, I, I have a couple minutes left here, and I want to ask you something. It's not related to this, but uh, you're my victim here because you happen to be on the radio. But it's a, a question, I, I, just <laughs> something I thought about today. Um, uh, with all the, uh, there's gonna, abortion is going to be a word that kids are going to be hearing a lot between now and November, okay, and, and mm, beyond. Absolutely. Uh, with all the discussion that's being done about what's being taught kids in elementary school, graphic books that show up in the library about uh, mm-hmm. gay sex and transgender and all that stuff, uh, I I came across a video of um, someone describing uh, an abortion an anima- with animated, uh, you know, graphic animation um, about what happens in an abortion in the first trimester. This is the one that everybody's okay with. I want to I want to run it by somebody on a school board who's willing to show the uh, wants wants to put the the gay uh, material and the transgender material and all the other graphic stuff in the books. Why aren't they willing to show this video that I saw where it would show a fifth grade kid or a sixth grade kid or a fourth grade kid what abortion really is? Do you think any of them would be up for that? You know, I think that just highlights the hypocrisy of the left, that when things don't fit their talking points, when things don't fit their narrative, they're willing to compromise and they have such a double standard so often when when we look at the far radical left. 
Uh, so, you know, I I would love to say, oh, I think that public schools would be willing to be honest about what abortion really is and the trauma that it is for women and all of the potential negative health effects for women that it has. Uh, I I don't see that happening. Um, and I would love to be wrong on that. Would love to be proven wrong on that. But um, I I think we'll continue to see a real kind of ignoring mm-hmm. of, of the true issue and the true safety concerns, uh, the true uh, psychological effects on women of abortion because uh, it doesn't fit their narrative. Well, I, I, I'm out of time. I'd, I'd like to see the Republicans force the issue and, and get it into schools. It should be in schools. If you saw the video I'm talking about, I think you know what I mean. But uh, I appreciate you answering that question. I kind of snuck up on you with it. But I'm out of time, Virginia. Really great to have you on. Uh, you did a great job reporting on that. And now everybody knows what happened in front of uh, Sam Alito's house last night. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be with you, and uh, be sure to follow the Daily Signal across social media platforms because we're going to be continuing to report on this issue. Okay, we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Elon Musk says he will reverse Twitter's permanent ban on former President Trump if the Tesla CEO follows through with his plan to buy the social media company. He says the ban was a bad decision. Wisconsin police asking for the public's help after a Madison pro-life office was attacked. They want to track down those who vandalized and threw two Molotov cocktails into the office of a prominent Wisconsin pro-life group that was damaged by fire. No one's been arrested and there are no suspects in custody in the fire that was discovered early Sunday morning when someone driving to Madison's nearby airport noticed flames coming from the office building. The fire at the Wisconsin Family Action Office came after two Catholic churches in Colorado, including one known for its annual pro-life display, were vandalized last week. Keith Peters reporting. This is SRN News. This is jaw-dropping. 2,000 Mules, a shocking new movie from Dinesh D'Souza. Cell phone geo-tracking tells the truth behind the 2020 election conspiracy. Philadelphia alone, we've identified more than 1,100 mules. This is organized crime. They have ruined Election Day in the United States of America. That's provable. See the proof for yourself. 2,000 Mules. Watch it or buy it today at SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Sponsored by Salem Media Group. Hi, Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Step up your grilling game with our Solaire Portable Infrared Grills. Our compact everywhere is a favorite of RVers and trailer pullers. Solaire Infrared provides the quick sear for bar marks and texture needed to properly finish sous vide. Use a portable alongside your larger conventional grill to create an instant sear zone and more juicy and flavorful food. Learn more at BestHotGrill.com. Affordable, powerful, portable infrared grills at BestHotGrill.com. When we decided to buy this radio station, there really was only one thing we wanted to be. Your radio station. The one that talks about everything going on in this town, this country, and this world. We wanted to be the one to tell you what happened while you slept. Why are you stuck in traffic? Is it going to rain? And most importantly, we wanted to be the smartest host on the radio to help you know what to make of it all. They're all here every day. The world has questions. You get the answer. AM 1250. The answer. Whose rulebook do you want to play by, the government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. Hey, Earl, did you hear that Senator Mastriano voted to pass Act 77? You're kidding. Isn't that the law that allowed no-excuse mail-in ballots that the Democrats are abusing? Yeah, but it's worse than that. Mastriano also proposed that folks with COVID should be mandated to register with the government or be punished. And that's a violation of my privacy rights. What will they come up with next? A tax increase? You know, Earl, now that you mention it, he has. Mastriano is proposing a 60% increase in our Pennsylvania income tax. Wow. Unbelievable. I'm sure glad I talked to you guys. Don't be like Earl. 
Get the facts. Doug Mastriano can't be trusted. Paid for by Pennsylvania Patriots for Election Integrity, LLC. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh. W223. Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. On the Parkway East, outbound that crash cleared just past Forbes Avenue. Still delays from 2nd Avenue on up, and then from Forbes Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge on the inbound side. That's a pretty solid delay. Also on the Parkway West, let's look there uh, on the inbound side, Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel, delay of about six minutes. 837 construction delays down to one lane between Neal Street and Glenwood Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Clear skies expected for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 50. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and pleasant. A nice afternoon for outdoor activities. The high 78. Clear skies for tomorrow night with a low of 51. Thursday, we'll see plenty of sunshine and a high of 80. Taking a look at Friday, we'll see sunny to partly cloudy skies. Expect a high Friday of 78. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Last time I saw Joe Sweeney, it was at a fundraiser for some kids in Afghanistan who had, uh, well, kind of been abandoned by the United States government. Joe is a uh, is a contractor. He's also the CEO and founder of the Acervo Project, which we'll get into in a minute. But uh, as I said, the last time I saw you, Joe, and he's in the studio here with us, last time I saw you, you were in the process of trying to raise some money to send over to Afghanistan to help these kids out. What happened with that money, and what's going on with that? Uh, thanks, John. Yeah, it, uh, thank you for that event, too, coming yeah. and supporting it. We did great that night. Uh, with that event and the money we raised, uh, we are currently, since then, been sponsoring two Afghan families, uh, mothers and children, a total of about 11 people. We've had to move them around into safe houses, and we're also sending monthly stipends for them so they can feed their kids. The reason they're being hunted so aggressively is they're the dads, the men of the family, uh, were identified as working with the U.S. government or for the Afghan central government. So they had to flee when the fall occurred in, in August and September. And leave their families behind. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, we think one might have got picked up. <clears throat> what happened to him? Well, we don't know. Yeah. You know, there, there's, there's some of those things where it's tough to track. Well, we talked to you about that at the time. Uh, this is – this. These men who had to flee Afghanistan, um, had they been under the impression that they were going to be taken care of by the U.S. government and would not, ha- and and their families would be taken care of in return for the work they were doing for the U.S.? Correct. Yeah, they were all promised SIVs, special immigrant visas, mm-hmm. and due to the acceleration of this pullout, yeah, there was no plan for that to take place. Once the Taliban took over the government in the country. All of those processes were interrupted. There is actually no pathway out of Afghanistan since September, October. There was a few charter flights, but right, I mean, we're, we're still trying to help these people. We got we got five hundred people over there. We're helping, okay. uh, so it's uh, we're trying to keep them keep them safe, keep them fed until some of the the processes that were promised them to get them out of the countries. And you were over there. Let's make that clear, too. You worked as a contractor. You were involved in anti-terrorism uh, yeah. uh, activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, munitions, right? Uh, yeah, explosives? Ex- explosive countermeasures. I worked a section yeah. there in hostage rescue. Yeah. So you know what's going. You knew what was going on over there. Oh, yeah. Uh, we saw it coming. Yeah. 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 You, you, yeah. I think we talked about that. Yeah. So just um, what's... It's been uh, almost, I guess, 10 months, nine months, whatever it is, uh, since August when I last saw you. Um, what do you think, what do you know about Afghanistan now that people around here may not know and that they, you think that they should know, just based on what you're hearing back and forth? Sure. We, we're getting real-time information from over there. Um, the atrocities are continuing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've probably increased, for sure. There's been tens and tens of thousands of people killed just because they were suspected of being loyal to the central government of Afghanistan or having some relationship with a U.S. government company or the contracts that we did. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
and some of these people were being slaughtered and they had nothing to do with either or. It's just the way it's been. Um, there's been a lot of house-to-house searches. Uh, food prices are exorbitant. People are starving to death. There are families selling their children for food to the Taliban. Um, but there's also a resistance force that has formed. So there is a lot of fighting going on. And uh, they're making some strides back against the Taliban. But not a good place to be. No. No, not at all. It's a very dangerous place. It's a very unstable place. And uh, to work over there right now would be pretty difficult. If you were an Afghan and the United States were to come back and and make promises or try to make a deal with you, would you have any interest in having any uh, association with the United States government again? I would say that's going to be split. (laughs) (laughs) Split? You may have a couple. Well, the people that, that work for us, we're still helping. Yeah. So they know they know our hearts. No, but I mean if the U.S. government came yeah. in and said, listen, we think we're going to get this all fixed up. We're going to get rid of the Taliban for you. Just trust us. Yeah. Are you well, trusting that, them? That's probably not going to happen. Yeah. yeah that, well, so – and before we get into the Acervo project, when you see what's happening in Ukraine from afar – you haven't been over there. Right. But, uh, any similarities with, with Afghanistan? Maybe – do you see something that could end up as an Afghanistan at some point? I know it's a different situation. Yeah, I don't think it's the What's same. What's happening with the people there, though? Oh, the people are caught right in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like in Afghanistan, the people have been sold out, mm-hmm. right? Not so much by the Ukraine government. I mean, they've made their share of mistakes to, to avoid this. But at the end of the day, the, the people are the ones caught. We, we have some friends over there that are, that are trying to do some humanitarian Working work. Working there, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're over there just volunteering, trying mm-hmm. to get medical aid and food to, to yeah. some of the refugees. But I can tell you the trafficking problem in Ukraine was there before this started. Uh, largely East, Eastern Bloc countries were, were using Ukraine as a nexus of human trafficking. We have reports of the children on the borders now getting lost, being trafficked. It's a billion-dollar criminal enterprise. So people are going to exploit that situation over there. So Ukraine um, before n- – nobody ever thought about Ukraine that much until the last couple of months – um, you, what did you know of Ukraine when you heard Ukraine before there was a Ukraine war that's going on now? When someone said Ukraine to you, what did you think of? Well, we knew there was a large, large human trafficking operations going on there. Mm-hmm. But is, did the, was the government aware of it? Some some people? Well, I think everyone's aware of it. It's a mm-hmm. matter if they take action on it. Just right. like this country, you know, the sex yeah. trade in this country is forty billion dollars a year. You know, and that's that's probably low. And you don't hear a lot of people talking about these people being trafficked here. It's the same over there. It's it's going to have to be addressed to a point where some people actually care about it. Um, I think in Ukraine there's a lot of money being transferred over there, a lot of deals going on with government officials and big – It's corrupt government. It's a corrupt government. For sure. I mean, you know, that's one of the reasons I think they struggle to get into NATO is because they they didn't – sort of straighten some of the things they had to straighten out. And we're sending billions of dollars over there. Yeah. And well, it's kind of ironic. Everyone's pointing the finger to them because they're so corrupt. Hey, you got to fix yourself yeah. and look at everybody who's pointing the finger. Yeah, right. So, okay, the Acervo Project. Every, you, hear this, you hear the term human trafficking, okay? And your, your, uh, your brochure that I'm looking at right now says, help us stop human trafficking. Yeah. Whoops. What is human trafficking? Well, <clears throat> what qualifies as that? Yeah, it's 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 an epidemic, a criminal epidemic that uh, basically sells people for profit uh, against their will, it, and it can be slave labor, it can be sex trafficking. There's a small piece of organ harvesting involved here uh, with kids, and it's it's basically an exchange of goods of value, and it doesn't have to always be money. It could be rent, it can be food, uh, drugs, drugs. You know, whatever vulnerability, it's, it's a crime of vulnerability, right? It's, it's, it's vulnerable people or children, and the predators and the traffickers identify that vulnerability and they exploit it. So where uh, – let's just start with here in the United States because you, you're dealing with that mm-hmm. a big, big time. Where does uh, – uh, if I'm a human trafficker, where, where am I looking to get my kids to sell? Where are they coming from? Well, they're coming from foster care. You know, you can identify the vulnerabilities of these kids who've already been in bad relationships at home. Runaways, uh, online, kids that are online looking for something, right? I mean, we we just were talking about this the other day in a meeting, and uh, the predators are very good at at, at 
Tradecraft online, identifying young people who are looking for something, people that start to share their problems with them, start to share their needs, especially mm-hmm. young kids, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, and that's where they groom them. A lot of it starts online, and it starts on these apps with these kids on the phones. Well, I can't tell you how many cases we get monthly from parents, what they find on their kids' phones. You know, the whole sextortion problem. These kids are sending videos of each other to their friends, and they're all. It's just how the, old are these kids? The, I had one last week that's twelve, sending pictures of herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and videos, and to her friend. Yeah, and friends. Then, friends. So, uh, as a, a predator, how does a predator, uh, how does a predator become aware of that and then target that girl? Well, if the relationship breaks up, or all of a sudden they're not friends anymore, blackmail. Blackmail or extortion. If you do this, or I'm going to put this out on Snapchat or Omegle or all dozens of sites and, and mm-hmm. platforms that they can share it with or in social media, then the predators are out there and they can collect these and they can start identifying these people, starting to do the hunt. Uh, it looks so many different ways at different ages, different demographics. Uh, but where there's a, where is the, that vulnerability that exists is where the predators are hunting. And how prevalent are the predators? Oh, they're everywhere, John. I mean, we have a case, and this isn't just kids. We had a girl uh, trafficked out of University of Maryland by a 40-year-old. Now, and, and no no past history that we could see. I mean, it's uh, it, a lot of times it's just the approach of a relationship, you know, and it's everywhere. I mean, we've heard so many cases where they pretend to be a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It happens to guys, too. And, you know, six, eight months, a year into it, Next thing you know, they have all this personal information that maybe they realize these people don't want out there. Mm-hmm. So then they exploit them, you know. And what is the Acervo project? It's A-S-S-E-R-V-O project. What do you do to try to combat this? And it sounds like a, a an impossible job. Well, yeah. I mean, we're not going to solve it. Yeah. This has been going on for thousands of years. Yeah. And, and it's grown under the guise of prostitution, the sex industry anyway. So... What we do is, you know, when we started, we spoke to law enforcement, my friends in law enforcement, and uh, I asked them, why does this why does this crime and this epidemic continue to rise every year? I mean, there was never a dip. And they all basically had the same answer. They said, we don't have the manpower budgets to keep up. So we developed a model where we can assist them with vetting the leads, doing the investigations, doing the cyber work. So we can maybe take what might be a, a one- or two-month workload – on a case, cut that down, and then when we share that information with them, we've already investigated it, cooperated it, ID'd these folks. We've saved them a ton of work. So then they can take the case and, and move forward in a law enforcement fashion. And people, have, uh, a lot of people are aware of the, uh, the show called Catch a Predator, I think it's mm-hmm. called. Is that kind of what you're doing? Yeah, we don't do it quite like that. Yeah, We're a little bit more under the radar, especially mm-hmm. our cyber program. Yeah. But we're also going to rescue. We have a rescue overseas in Africa. We're planning now of 150 kids. Um, now, how did you hear about the kids in Africa? Well, it's I, I've trained two teams down there in counterterrorism. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they they asked us for help. They asked us for help over a year ago. I was still in Afghanistan, and I said, when I get home, we'll talk. And they've identified girls. As soon as they hit puberty in these slum areas, right, the families either kick them out or sell them. They basically sell them for $15 a piece. Then they traffic them to another country where then they're they're sent over to uh, Europe, Middle East. Now, who's who's buying them? Because they're the real evil. They're they're more evil than the people selling them. The people selling these kids are. You have to feel a little bit sorry for them for being that desperate, as evil as it may be. Well, some of these kids are orphaned. Mm-hmm. You know, they they could be under some type of custody. Some of them could be the families. Just like in Af- Afghanistan, you know, it's a dire situation. They're selling them for food. Yeah. Same done in this country. I don't want to get too specific, yeah. but it's the same thing. It's it's the direness of their circumstances, yeah. right? And it's also the lack of the value of life in the world right. today. It's global. It's a but global it, problem. But, it, but, but who, what's hap- where are these, who's buying these kids for $15? These are networks, networks of traffickers that take them. And then they take them to other countries where they sell them either for forced labor or sex. Uh, some of them are even – there's probably other companies. I call them human capital mm-hmm. companies where there's been cases on the forced labor side where these kids are just forced to work for free. So when there's no labor, no payroll, there's more money in these co- companies' pockets that are using them, whether it's agricultural, manufacturing. Brick kilns is a big one. Mining 
is another big one. So when you have a free labor force, your profits go up, and it's in the billions of dollars. How many of these kids are um, – I guess that most of them are boys – are going to be mining the uh, minerals that are going to make all the batteries for electric cars? Well, I don't have a number, but it's, I'm certainly sure it's in the tens of thousands. And that's, and that's over in Africa? Is where well, that happens? well, it's Africa. It's China. Mm-hmm. You know, it's any country where these mines are. Uh, and, and sometimes you'll even see a, a, a split. You'll have some paid employees there. Yeah. But some of the more rudimentary labor stuff is where this forced labor occurs. It's all about the money. It's all about the, the manipulation to get these people in these positions. So whoever's behind it turns a profit. So I got about a minute left. How, how can people help uh, with what you're doing, the Acervo Project? Well, they can go on our website, www.theacervoproject.org. Um, take a look. Reach out on our contact page. We've been getting into the high schools. We've been talking to the kids. We spoke to a 1,000 students in the past month and a half. Uh, we're also looking to open a facility to help foster care kids who are caught in the system. So the best thing we do, get on there, take a look at the site, reach out on our contact page, and uh, see how you want to help. The Acervo Project, A-S-S-E-R-V-O Project.org. Correct. Hey, well, you're doing good work. Uh, I'm glad. I, I, I just kind of bumped into Joe in the hallway coming in today. I didn't have a guest, uh, and I, I hit the jackpot with you, man. The stuff you're doing is unbelievable. Well, hey, John, we appreciate everything you guys do here, and uh, we'll be glad to come back and give you updates as needed. All right. I appreciate it. That's Joe Sweeney, the Acervo Project.org. Help him out. I'll be right back. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero... Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarustpittsburgh.com. The IRS finally caught up with Louie. I hadn't paid my taxes in eight years. I owed the IRS a lot of money. Louie was in deep trouble. We're going to take your house, put a lien on your bank account, uh, garnish your pay. They don't care. They're going to take your paycheck. Louie found out about Optima Tax Relief, the leading tax resolution firm. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, they've resolved over $1 billion for their clients. Optima Tax, they helped me. They calmed me down. They made me feel comfortable, and I trust them. Louie has a lot to be thankful for. I don't owe the IRS anymore, and I'm able to live a comfortable life, a lot better life. It was because of Optimal Tax. For tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Take it from Louie. If you owe the IRS, don't go it alone. Give Optimal Tax a call. They can help you. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Tax Relief. Testimonial from an actual client. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Make a difference in your life that impacts you for years to come by traveling to Israel this year. Sign up today for the thrill and excitement of visiting the Holy Land this November with nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka and renowned author and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com for details and to register. On the tour... You'll step into history with mouth-watering cuisine, picturesque scenes, and magnificent people while visiting over 40 iconic sites and sacred places you've only read and heard about for years. Pray at the Western Wall in Jerusalem, float in the mineral-rich Dead Sea, and take a boat onto the middle of the Sea of Galilee as you experience something transforming in your life. Call 855-565-5519 to reserve your spot. Again, visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to book your trip today. Here's Dave White. We need less talk and more action. 
My father was a steam fitter. My mother, a homemaker. Their dream for me was to achieve opportunities greater than the ones they had. And like my parents and so many of you, I want to ensure that we can provide that same opportunity for all of our children. Dave White's a dedicated family man, unapologetic conservative, job-creating entrepreneur. I am not a politician. If you are looking for a candidate with decades of experience in Harrisburg or Washington, I am just not that candidate for you. If you want safer streets, if you want to lower taxes, if you want to fix our elections once and for all, if you want to put parents back in charge of our children's education, join our campaign. I will take less talk and more action to Harrisburg. Paid for by friends of Dave White. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, it's good to be Tom Brady. Have you heard the news about Tom? He's uh, got a new job. He doesn't even have the, he still has his current job as a quarterback in the NFL, but he's been uh, already signed to become a color analyst for Fox Sports the instant he decides to uh, leave the NFL. And he's going to make uh, $37.5 million a year for 10 years. So um, that's, um, about the, that's about how much a stadium costs over 30 years. And so up in Buffalo, they're, you know, they're going to build a stadium. They're going to pay for it. The government's going to – the taxpayers are going to pay for it, a $1.4 billion stadium. And the networks have enough money laying around to pay Tom Brady $37.5 million a year to show up on their telecasts. He's also going to do some other stuff, be an ambassador and you know help with marketing and some, some of that. But mostly – it's to be on the air, which is, you know, they had uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. They went to ESPN. Buck got $15.5 million. Aikman got $18.18 million. So that's a combined $33.5 million a year for those two. And Brady's going to make $37.5 million himself. And here's what I need to tell you. Do you know how many extra people are going to watch a football game? Because Tom Brady is doing the color? None. Not one. Try to think of a football game that you watched because of who was on the telecast or a game that you wouldn't have watched otherwise if not for the color commentator who's going to be on. Idiotic. But good for Tom Brady. I'd take the money, too. Talk to you tomorrow. The John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.